guys. Excuse me for that carrier update. And we've got Mike Bowdenbistle joining us for our Stockout community segment. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. We're talking a little bit about Instacart's prospectus in terms of what they've seen and how that's going to impact grocery and CPG. First off, what did the prospectus say and uh, what, what are your initial takeaways? Yeah, so it said a lot. Um, it really gave a lot of insight into um, Instacart's business model. Uh, it's nice to see that Instacart is profitable, was, was pretty nicely profitable last year and the first half of 2023. And, um, you know, really sort of learned a lot about um, sort of the e-commerce grocery in general. So I think, um, you know, the CPG companies are going to be going through this Perspectives, the other retailers are um, to, to, to for, for what they can understand about e-commerce in general, and, and, and for CPGs whether they want to advertise on um, you know with Instacart. So, so a few things uh, you know learned here is that grocery e-commerce went from one percent of um, grocery sales in 2009 to three percent in 2019, and then it went from three percent in 2019 to 12 percent in 2022. So there was a quadrupling of uh, e-commerce share in, in grocery from the pandemic. Um, and so they think there's still room to grow and that 12% can double and maybe be 24%. So from CPG's perspective, um, those that have traditionally um, maybe not done as much online advertising or advertising at point of sale uh, sort of these high value um, interactions, you know, really have to have a, a strategy to address, you know, those types of, um, you know, opportunities. And so, you know, these CPG brands um, in total spend something upwards of like $200 billion to advertise their products. CPG might, you know, company might spend 20 or 30% of their gross sales on advertising. Uh, there was a big vote of confidence from Pepsi is, is going to invest $175 million in a private placement as part of uh, this, um, you know, I, before the IPO as, as, as a private placement in, in Instacart. And Instacart claims that, you know, when companies uh, advertises on Instacart, which seems like it's similar to, to like advertising on, on Amazon, where their products will be up at the top, you know, maybe there's some you know, promotion and, and uh, you know, coupons that they see a 15% increase in sales of those products that are advertising. In some cases, it's, it's 30%. So, they make the case of the CPGs that they really have to be on there in and advertising on, you know, Instacart if, if they want to be relevant um, to uh, online uh, shoppers. Um, so this one is going to be an interesting one uh, to watch. I think this is fascinating because, of course, we know that a lot of the buy-in for Instacart and the success of Instacart comes from that consumer's willingness to pay a little bit more for the convenience. And Back at the kind of end, tail end of 2022, the start of this year, when inflation was still very, very high, people were talking about cutting back on some of these services. That was a question that I had posed to you was, do we see a point where consumers now say, okay, we've got to now cut back. We've got to save money. We'll lose this convenience of that at-home grocery delivery service and go back to getting it ourselves. That hasn't quite seemed to be the case, right? People are still continuing to use these services. And I think that it bodes well for these established e-commerce brands like Instacart, some of those other smaller ones not doing so hot. But for Instacart, they've seen this now really continue to support them. Was that something that they mentioned was the fact that the consumer buy-in is still very present, even in a tougher economic time? Yeah, they think it's still growing, uh, the, the e-commerce presence. I mean, there has been a slowing in the growth because of, of, of what you mentioned, that some consumers are, are cutting back. But the thing is, I, what I would really highlight here is that they're... Um, 
better revenue is not these transaction fees from retailers or consumers. It's really the advertising dollars. So, I mean, right now it's about, their revenue is about 70%, you know, transaction fees from either retailers or consumers. And then the the remaining 30% is the, um, is the advertising uh, dollars. And it seems like the advertising dollars are much higher, higher margin than, than, than the rest of it. Some analysts have speculated that, that they, or that all that profit is coming from the, the advertising, you know, dollars, and they're really not earning a you know margin. And, and I think they probably don't need to to earn a margin on those transaction fees. Maybe it's just to, to support you know the operation, where really the opportunity is that this is going to be one of the most effective ways for a, a CPG to advertise their product, particularly something that is an up and coming emerging emerging you know CPG that really needs you know recognition and uh, discovery. Mike, did you go into anything concerning what areas that maybe have the most impact or is getting the most impact either from advertising dollars or again from consumers coming in in terms of of what it is that that is kind of pushing e-commerce? I mean, is it straight CPG or are we seeing more again uh, as, as consumers go to, go to Instacart for groceries, produce and the like? Or uh, is it just kind of straight up across the board in terms of how that growth is affecting uh, a linear uh, re- relationship between advertising and sales. Well, it seems like it's pretty much across the board. I mean, I think when some people start to realize just how much you know how how valuable their time is, that they're they're more likely to do um, you know online grocery shopping. I mean, they they say that you know really they're the, the brands that are coming to them are it's really a combination kind of across the board where there's a lot of the big established CPGs, you know, the big CPGs out there are, are advertising on their space. But then there's also these, these emerging brands that, you know, at least I had never heard of before, but you sort of go to their site and they have kind of something kind of unique and, and, and splashy. And, and, and a lot of those are growing very quickly and, and want to become those household names. And, and, the, and the other point they make is that, you know, it, it's really, they can sort of get their name out by, advertising on this site and maybe you see the brand for the first time uh you know advertising um you know on the site where it's some targeted ad where they have you know data on you know you based on your you know history and you know what you typically buy you know sort of using ai type algorithms that you know people that you know typically buy you know one item buy another item or are in that market and then you learn about the brand and that you know not only drives just sort of click throughs but then just you know, learning the brand, recognizing that brand is helpful for, you know, offline, you know, purchases as well. So um, it, it's it's really sort of the, the the primary client is the is the CPG you know company. It appears. So of course, disclosing the IPO and the decision to now go public, a lot of folks are talking about this. If this can kind of unfreeze the tech space on Wall Street. How much of an influence do you think that this Instacart decision to go public is going to have on maybe kind of a, a resurgence into that kind of grocery tech space, especially in the, the stock space? Well, I still think you're going to have to show profitability. I mean, that's sort of been the big the big shift here is it's not growth for growth's sake anymore. It's, you know, you have to have, you know, something that's profitable. I mean, you sort of look at uh, Instacart's financials the last few years, and they had been losing you know, money up until 2022. And then, you know, there's a nice, nice, you know, profitability uh, um, in, in 2022 in the first half of 2023, you know, there's certain things they can do to, 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 to do that, you know, there's certain decisions they can make to, to show that profitability. Um, so I think you'll see, you know, maybe, you know, some opening of, of, of companies that can demonstrate that. I mean, the other big one that people are, are anticipating is, is arm, 
which was a you know tremendous um, you know wealth generator. Um, you know, however, you know, last you know decade or so before that was acquired. Um, so, so that's the other one that I think is is of interest. Mike, definitely fascinating stuff in terms of how consumers are continuing to move around and get their groceries as well. So, obviously, thanks so much for this, and obviously, we'll see you a little bit in a slightly different format next week. That's right. And this is the perfect reason why, you know, you merge um, the stock out with point of sale. I mean, this is a retail company, but, you know, a lot of these sort of takeaways and interests, I think, coming from the CPG space, when you sort of think of CPG as being their, their big, uh, you know, clientele. It's going to be a big, fun space where you can Grace Harkey and Mike mm-hmm. teaming up here. All right. Thank you for that, Mike. We'll see you later on for this episode of The Stockout. Right now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. 